Blessed Redeemer, we give you praise for this morning. We are grateful and privileged to be here, to be alive, and to be singing songs of praise to you. It's a privilege, Lord. It's an opportunity as well, O oh God, for you to do greater things in our lives, through which we'll become better ministers, better in our work of going out to make disciples of all nations. Father, bless every heart here. We we'll take authority over every interference with sound, with issues, every interference around hearts this morning. We come against you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Protect this few minutes we have to share, Lord, and take all the glory as you write on the tablets of our hearts. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church. Tell the person beside you, welcome to church. How was your night? Some people are scared of asking how was your night, you know, for many reasons. But go ahead. You're in God's presence. Amen. It's the best place to be together. Um, the best place for many reasons. But one, um, the best place to be to catch fire. Amen. It is obvious, as we all know, everyone gathered here, that there is something that we always cry for, especially when we remember our theme for the year about going into the world to make disciples of all nations. And the focus for today around ministering to the whole man, the vision of a certain group of people called Christian doctors and um, the vision of God you know, that is a mandate that they try to live their lives, you know, um, try fulfilling. Amen. But it's a special privilege. I say so because sharing in the commission of heaven is not something that everybody does or has an opportunity to do. Sharing in the commission of heaven is not at all. Being a part of the agenda of heaven for seasons as they unfold is a privilege, clear privilege. Not everyone has an opportunity to share in being in God's agenda of understanding what he may be saying per time. Not everyone. The gift of sight and the gift of hearing are gifts from the Lord. Somebody will pass this same road and there is somebody really suffering by the side and the person doesn't see it. It is a gift to see, even to see needs. And sometimes God goes ahead of us. You know, the other day, I was, while I was going through the scriptures, something struck me. When God was speaking about, you know, with restricted Paul, and he now had a voice that said, come over to Macedonia and help us. Perhaps God had some certain people in mind that made Macedonia important. Hallelujah. 
How do I know? Agnes, that was born around 1911, 12, 13, came from Macedonia and then got appointed as a nun and finally ended up in, you know, the convent in India and along the line shifted to Calcutta. That's the person known as Mother Teresa. She came from Macedonia. That was a message, come over to Macedonia and help us. And then centuries later, what was happening was from Macedonia, seeds have been sown. And there was a call, go over to India and Calcutta and multiply. Hallelujah. And that's how it happens. That's how it happens as we engage with the Lord and you know, show willingness, respond, not respond. God has plans. Amen. God always has an agenda. And with or without us, God fulfills his agenda. We used to tell some years back, those that used to play the drum here, that remember, it's a privilege to be playing it for those that were in school then, for the two years that you were in school. Package yourself. Do it with all your might. Do it very well. Because after those two years, you may never have the opportunity somewhere to be playing the drum. Do it and do it very well. Hallelujah. That may be the opportunity. And so, God raises a people certain times, at, you know, at various times. And he's raising us as well. Everyone here. He has an agenda. And I want to bless God. This chapel is one place that has had a, quite a lot of people who have been walked through this vision of CMD, which I'm going to speak about. Of which the focus is go ye and make disciples. Full stop. That's what it's about. Amen. Some of, I mean, some people may not know Reverend uh, Reverend Kanonona here was once a national vice president of the student body of CMDA Nigeria. Am I right, sir? Sir? National Secretary. Dr. Buka Oguda is doing what he's doing at the Teens Church. Was a national vice president some years back. I was a national president of the student body. There are... Chugu, are you here? Where are you to come? She's in the children's. Please call her for me. Possible. Please. And there's something that I'm just there to say. Um, let her be here. In our time, there is a lot that we have lost. Every year, for let me be specific, last year, 40 to 50 million abortions were committed in the world. Last year alone. Today, there will be 125,000 abortions. The ones that are counted. I'm not talking about miscarriages. It's people that are doing them. And what they do has an influence on where they end up. 
Some of it happens around us. Some inside these hostels that we have here. Every year, nearly 700,000 people commit suicide for one reason or the other. This year and last year, the figures are soon going to come out. It's likely to be higher because of the obvious things that we know. Brethren, every year as well, we miss situations like the one in the picture. It's one that really hits us. You know, somewhere in Sudan when there was famine and all that. That's a child that had got so drained. No food for days, nothing. And then the vulture was just waiting for this child to die. Full stop. This child is not living here. The vulture was patient enough to wait. The person that took that picture won an award for getting this picture. But three months after he committed suicide, say what he saw, he couldn't live with it. He couldn't bear it. I know that's important because many times, including amongst us that are doctors, the way we live our lives look like is as if when we get the world's awards, <laughs> we would have achieved things. Even if five universities make me a professor, it does not leave this planet yet. Are we getting what I'm saying? Even if I create jobs for a thousand people, that will help them while they are here. But if that's just the end, it's something that will perish with its using. Brethren, we face these situations and sometimes there is the assumption that doctors have, really have compassion. The way that people get trained to do, to repair a vehicle, that's actually the way that people are supposed to be trained to expand the bowels of compassion in them. One of the reasons why we sustain in this chapel the visiting the, the hospital, you know, for evangelism is because the assumption that Christian doctors in the hospital, they are there, the assumption that on a regular basis that they are praying and laying hands on the sick, that assumption is a lie. Is a lie. Most don't have time for it. The assumption that the Christian doctor really believes in healing is a lie. Most don't. In fact, like someone said, it's easier to believe God for healing as a student than as a doctor. Am I true of us, doctors, if you are here? <laughs> true of us. The assumption is a lie. Now, the assumption that Christian doctors are naturally compassionate 
is a lie. You have the evidence. There are many striving towards that and trying their best. But it is something that it has gone, that is, it has so reduced now because of the pressures, so many things that are legitimate reasons. You see, legitimate reasons are likely to keep many of us from our rewards in heaven and from making heaven than sin and unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. Do we remember the servant who was already a servant? That servant was partying and drinking when he was supposed to be ministering to others. He was already a servant and he was asked to step aside. He's not talking about an unbeliever. <laughs> the discussion about goats and sheep is not the, in the scriptures, is not about unbelievers. Read the scriptures very well. It's a discussion. He was talking about servants. People who are already in the household. The goats and sheep. <laughs> May the Lord open our eyes to see. Amen. And so, every one of us, we expect that the doctor we meet has an understanding that will help us solve our problems. So, a number of our problems, you know, like somebody who has a very bad teeth from, set of teeth from chocolate eating, chocolate consumption, and it's out of a craving for such sugary things. Now, how do you deal with cravings? Is it in the medical curriculum? It's not. It's a dentist. It's not. The root cause, the, re, the thing that will really solve the problem, is not in the curriculum. It's not part of our training. And moreover, our training has problems. Uh, my dean is here, my emeritus dean. <laughs> I served under him as dean. Our training has problems, our curriculum, fundamental problem. Why? We start learning about the human being using dead bodies, not normal people. So how do we know when we have made progress? As far as I am concerned, that's one of the fundamental things that must change. And anywhere I have a platform to say something, I will say that. Some people elsewhere in some other countries have altered it. How can you know excellence from rubbish? Do you get what I mean? But when you have really studied the human being, from first, when we really start things, those times that people start running away from shaking our hands, in uh, when we enter year two we start dissecting me for my own class group i was the one that cut from the whole three semesters i was the one that cut the whole body cut opened the brain cut i was a cutter <laughs> because i wanted to find some things 
I wanted to find where God touched in in who? Jacob. I wanted to see it. And I saw something that looked like it looked like ligamentum terrace. I wanted to see it. <laughs> I wanted to see some things and I did see. I saw like nerves that go down here and hang around that ligament. That if something happens to it, the person is finished, that's controlling the voice box. Hallelujah. So the root cause of many things to solve it is not in the curriculum. That's why they have to be managed. And a doctor who is wrong-minded can keep making money from this person who has, meanwhile, the craving is a craving that is a problem. So every day you'll be coming to my clinic, I'll be removing the teeth. At least if I remove one every three years, you would have lived to 70 before I finished removing all the teeth in your mouth. And then you go and rest. My money is settled. Hallelujah. So, that's a divide. And that's how we grew up. Looking at the body issues. And looking at the, the, the other things. The psycho, psychological is divided. And that way, we can never really, really minister effectively to people that come before us. It doesn't mean we are unspiritual beings. But for many doctors, church is church life. And we learn everything about faith. Everything. We learn everything about faith. But brethren, the truth is that the application of the faith itself is something that needs to be learned. How the faith part gets connected to the medical part to produce results. That's what CMDA does. And that's why the work we do in church and with church is so significant and so important. That's why we value what comes from church. That's why we value it so much. And that's why we try to produce, God helping us, men that end up supporting the work of the church. Within the last few months, I've had some meetings with uh, Bro Dondo, the leader for Capro. And there are things they are trying to develop in different places. And it really needs the work that we do, the kind of things, the kind of people that we produce. Let, let me ask, how many people were members of that association as students here? Let me see your hand. Can you just stand? Bikonunu. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sorry, for, uh, my dean is standing up. <laughs> of Nigerian Conference of Christian Medical and Dental Students, for those that remember it, which is the same as the CMDA students. 
now. Okay, quite a lot. Please sit down. Chugo, please come. I'm sorry. I just want to say something now. <laughs> Forgive me for calling you out. Um, I, I've been here for quite some years in this chapel. I mean, since around while we were in the classroom there. And we met generations of medical students here. And this place is really challenged in many ways. Um, but one of the unique persons I think I met was Chugu. <laughs> Sorry. Chugu has been a blessing in CMDA students as a student. In church, she was always there. Am I right or wrong? She's become a family woman now. And she has rewritten a lot of things that people say about what happens when they get married. She has her children. She has had challenges with health. She is still seven. For the last few days, there was a conference in Enugu here. She was all over the place. I don't want to say when you were able to get home yesterday. She was all over the place. She served the missions. She's there. She's here singing. She's there. She's managing. She's not perfect. You might have some issues with her. But you know that she's always full of grace. Always creating a right atmosphere around her. Always trying to help. Always serving. Can we appreciate the Lord for her life? Praise the Lord. And so, God needs to help us to live as integrated Christians. Part of what CMDA does is to help the doctor and other health workers to live an integrated life. You know, we look at our 24 hours as some of it is as a doctor. Some is as a family person. Some is for charity. Some is for social life. Some is as a church worker. And so our lives are scattered. Our focus is to see that somebody sees himself first as a whole person. Whose time is now divided in those areas. So the problem with the first setting, and that has to do with every one of us as well. The problem is that what the person is when he's in church can be different from what he is in the workplace. Right? He's a divided person. He's a, he's a multiple personality. For he's suffering from multiple personality disorder. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what it is. And so he's not one person. Our focus is seeing how this person can become one person. So that whether he's in church or in the office or whatever, it is the same person that is there and spending that time. 
So when things arise, like family demands, all these cultural things, it's the same person. It's not a different person when it comes to traditional marriage. It's the same person. And that's where we begin, really. That's what we do. And one of those that actually helps in providing trainings related to that is Dr. Honor that is here. We may say that we do not have time. The last three days, Dr. Honor was there mentoring and teaching. How many people said, sorry, forgive me. About 26. 26 young people. How many sessions, sir? Three sessions, the last one by Zoom today, and these 26 persons will become catalysts somewhere out there too. It's a beautiful training on how to be effective as salt and light in the workplace. It's a skill. It is not assumed. So, he doesn't, I don't know if he has time. <laughs> uh, see, I wake up many mornings and I wake up and I say, Lord, um, thank God now I know Mother Teresa's original surname. I say, Lord, after Mother Teresa in heaven, when they are calling people, I hope it's not my name that will be called next. <laughs> Just imagine. After Mother Teresa has faced her own things, then they start calling you. Nekabo. Is there a Nekabo here? I don't know. <laughs> Another person. Another person should go. Like some people do when we are having medical students clinical exam. Praise the Lord. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. We face issues, real issues. And, for instance, I had mentioned issues of abortion, things that are affecting all of us. Issues about abuse of human life, AIDS-related issues, allocation of medical resources, alternative therapy, you know, assisted reproductive technology issues, issues about when does human life begin. Critical, an example, when the medical people guided the world to say that beyond, you know, that the issue of termination of pregnancy is 28 weeks, people were, you know, calling the others what they called it. At some point, some technology arose. And people changed it to 24 weeks. So the children that based on the advice of the medical people were killed. That were in between those ages before. What will you now call them? Is it God that defines our technology? There are lots of issues. Lots of them. Conflict of interest, death and, uh, you know, assisted suicide, assisted deaths, human cell, stem cell research issues, human, I mean, I can't, I can mention so many, so many cloning issues, 
And these things are actually here with us. And more recently, of course, the um, gay issues which have come to become a serious reality. Serious reality. And like someone said a few days ago, the problem is that the things that we believed that they are okay, no, sorry, that they are faulty and sin, are being turned into legal issues. Do you understand? So the gay issue, we can stand up here and prophesy and shout every day, it has been turned in a way that it's now a human right issue. So when you're speaking about it, you're speaking about something that is, you know, attacking the fundamental human rights of another person. And that makes you liable. Do you understand? When will you get to the point that sin starts getting turned into law? You are in trouble. And that's where we are. That's where we are as a people. There are lots of them. Every time I hear the church shout and ask, or people expect can, Christian Association of Nigeria or the Church of Nigeria Anglican Communion or any group, Pentecostal Fellowship, why are they not speaking out? Why are they not speaking out about this? This is coming. This one was presented, for instance, the gay thing. You know, there have been things that have come up before, even bullying from outside the country, and then attempts here. And sometimes, friends, I'm just limited by time, so I'm just trying to restrict myself. Sometimes we face them front and center. An example, so many people were rejoiced in the fact that there was a NSAS issue. Some others were feeling bad. But we saw there was a movement at the beginning to draw attention to things. But if you also watch very carefully, later, later, we had like the feminist movement coming in. Then they were the ones that ended up managing the finances. And so that raised them on the platform as a group that could handle finances of the public without corruption. We celebrated that whoever did that was accountable. So they used the opportunity to become a force of influence. And so you won't be surprised when the younger generation will turn towards them and say, but all of you that have been in church, where is your own sense of accountability? And we say, no, all we want is that you should come and be studying Bible study. <laughs> Hallelujah. Until they see Bible study in the context of the things that they face each day, it has not succeeded. It's not effective. It's not effective. It's not effective. And they are also the kind of things that we package for the Christian doctor. Let me give you an example of the things that we had this weekend. So I mentioned that Dr. Honor was there. And... Um, Venerable was there on Friday. I think he has too much time on his hands, Sabi, to be available for such 
minor things. I was there myself. I came from Abuja for it. And I was looking for my brethren in Enugu with pain in my heart. And this happens once in two years. And we don't know. The last one in Enugu was in 2014. Eight years ago. Professor Zumba, former VC, was there too. And many others. Now, we studied, for instance, on issues of leading change in healthcare. There were issues about, you know, the saline training that was talked about. Staying spiritually sound, despite the changing world, we had conversations on that. There were issues about medical research and the opportunities that are there. But it's not just about medical research. There's a lot of medical research that the church needs to have a voice in the society that, is, that the only people that can help them do them are Christian doctors. Are we together? There was a panel discussion on the doctor in marketplace in administration. Doctors enter and become CMDs. I'm one, so I'm talking about myself too. Without having an idea of what procurement systems look like. What an accountant actually does. What a ledger means. What cash books really mean. And that's why many get into trouble. Trouble. I've worked at the federal level. I've seen why in the first month, in fact two weeks before appointment and two weeks after, most CMDs, that's when they, f- they are finished. <laughs> in, 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 in India, language, they say in Maragaya, they have finished the person. So the remaining four years, you'll be wondering why the CMD is now behaving like this. It happens in the first one month. Why? Those things are not taught in medical school. Forget that the pharmacies, nurses, everybody is quarreling. None of those people learned those things in medical school originally. None. We spent time on Christian doctor and mentorship. <laughs> One of the reasons why we don't just ask students, just uh, find mentors, is because there are many people who cannot be mentors. They are spiritually sound. <laughs> but mentorship, or if you go further and try to analyze it from discipleship, me, I don't like going into the quarrel of, is mentorship different from discipleship? I know there are differences. I recognize them. But I work with people based on what I'm... The important thing is to do the job. If you're doing, just do. Amen. Just do. It is a skill. There are techniques in it. There is a way to discover common ground. There's a way to develop strategy to reach someone. There's a way to use, for instance, this bulb to preach the gospel to somebody who is unwilling to begin from the Bible. And when you get to a certain point, eyes start opening, then Bible now comes in. There is a way. 
is not assumed. Hallelujah. It is not assumed. And so we spend time examining it. And finding ways to support each other. And it's the same thing for all of us. Whatever we are doing. I'm saying this because... I don't know why the CMDA vision came up here. But is I'm using it as a further illustration of what can happen even in your own marketplace. Among the lawyers, engineers, building contractors, whatever you call it. Hallelujah. You that has been an accountant for 20 years. How can a Christian... This somebody that is in university or some of our children who want to be accountants, how can they understand how to carry the scripture about living a life without stealing and examine it from the perspective of what an accountant does based on your life and what you're presenting to the person so that the person knows how to apply it. Application, what Jesus was speaking about in Luke chapter 10. About the good Samaritan. When will you do it? When? When? In your marketplace. When are you going to connect the scripture head from here to the practicalities every day? How? 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 And that's what's getting our young people bored. Hallelujah. And that's what they are seeking for in those phones that we are paying attention to and complain about. They have mentors. They have people that they, are, they have written something about accounting. They are, they are reading those things. And while reading them, they also find some other things about their lives that are wrong. And then they get wrong influence. That's it. And then we complain. We carry the phone. We seize their phone. We do all kinds of things. In this generation, if you seize their own, they will look at the one from their friend. In this generation, that is so dangerously heading towards destruction, dangerously fulfilling scripture, these next 10 years will be so fundamental. I pray that we all buckle our belts. I pray that we get set. <laughs> It's a phase that we see the rising and falling of many. The things that we think we believe are already getting challenged. What we live our lives for daily. It's time that it really shows whether we believe it or not. And it's happening in a time that we are locked in. So you're on your own. And so the assumption that Christian doctors often have that they are macho. So because they are individual Christians worshipping in church, that the storm that is coming, that they will withstand it as individuals, is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. The things, you see, these kind of bills that will affect practice and our work, you can't wake up alone and go and say you are going to solve it in the National Assembly. Abby, you need a group. You need, what did I say? You need a group. 
you need a you need a cohort. That's the reason why we come together. We come together and sometimes we challenge certain CMDs amongst us. Certain people who are heading medical schools. I say, no, we don't think this is proper. Won't do it easily if he's alone. But they know some things that guide even doing the right thing. Brethren, a number of those prayers we pray that the church should intervene. Can should say something. How can Khan say something that has, to be, that has to do with a bill about some of the things connected to medical, but which are meant for everybody? Like the gay one. That medical people can articulate and give Khan a document that they will use. Are you getting what I'm saying? A document that they will use. In fact, they may not even need them. It will be that engaging with Khan, you produce this document and now find a National Assembly member who understands what we are saying and use that to submit the bill and raise the issue or stop it. Are you catching what I'm saying? So many of the prayers that we pray, God intervene in the health sector, God deal with this one, God deal with that one. You know what you're actually talking about? That you have given up on the Christian doctors who are in the church. Because they are the ones that God is supposed to. They are the ones that can is depending on. Do you understand? Is it the camp president that will analyze it? Who will arm him with what he needs to speak? Who? Or you should just talk there, then we say again that Khan has spoken. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we talked about the great physician issues. There was a call for service from uh, Dr. Idoko. That's um, Brother John Idoko, the wife. Interestingly, um, I may mention so that we can be aware to. Brojon Idoko, we know Brojon Idoko now. He's here. I mean, it's a household name. So, his wife, Dr. Kweemi, is a faculty member of what we call the Institute for, Institute for Medical Missions. So, CMDA runs that thing called Institute for Medical Missions. She's been a faculty member for a long while. I don't know, from the medical students here, how many of you have ever been to, you've, gone, you've been in IMM, you've attended an IMM session, anybody? Any hand? Okay, there's one hand there. And that prepares teams, doctors, we've had nurses, for the work you see, when we are going for outreaches and we see many of our medical students come out, they are undergoing some training. That's why you see that they can come there, try to organize some things. We have patterns that we try to use systems for, from consulting to faith, whatever, to all of those things down to the end. They are being trained. We train them in those things and make them available and God makes them available to the church. 
Hallelujah. And we're going to do much, we're going to do more of that. Amen. It's in line with the scripture that was read earlier in 1 Thessalonians, which is where the vision comes from. Caring for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. People are living their lives. Let me tell you something. Okay, no, back up. People are living their lives up, caring for the whole man. You see that people are living their lives trying to prepare for the next generation. The last, the worst thing that can happen and keeps happening these days is that we keep complaining about that generation and we are doing very little about it. Who is going to replace you? God forbid that when I'm 55, I can point to five people that in the medical space, I have concentrated my life on them, on your own field. I've been doing things. I've been here now, since church, medical, midweek. I've been here for years, since 2000, I don't know, maybe 2006 or so. But are there people I can say that I've concentrated my life on them? To be arrows in that profession. Arrows for this. Arrows for the kingdom. Or, as we do many times, you see, we, we, we have, I've seen a lot of Christian doctors. They can pay 70000 to go from here to Abuja for a professional conference. And to drive down to the center where we are discussing these issues to come out with real voices is a problem. Who is the problem? Is it God? Is it the devil? Is it resources? Who? We are facing existential threats to the values we profess in our professions. We are facing them. Medical is a key one, but it's also the same in your own profession. I want you to wake up and know that it's not a journey that you go alone. We don't call people to come and be leaders. There are many people who are leaders. But if it's 5% of your time that you can participate in, and <laughs> I feel sad. I'm a medical person, and I've been part of many conferences. You know, we're always going for conferences, right? We have our professional conferences, this conference, this college one. We're always intimidating you with mentioning college, college, college. And when we go there, we share papers, we talk, we snap pictures, and we go home. The next day, we go again, and we catch up with friends and all that, and we go home. Next day, we come again. You see, my pain is that that has happened for decades, and then Nigeria is still the headquarters, or second, amongst the first three in terms of maternal deaths. In, in the whole world. How? What's it producing? I've been at federal. I don't, it's hard to see the outputs of those conferences. That's not what they are using in discussing what happens to our health policies. And so I ask myself, I, that's the question. I, I say, God, 
help me to use i don't know how many years i have on this earth i don't know but every day that is remaining i will use it help me to invest my time very well help me oh help me help me lord help me to help me to use my time very well and that can happen. somebody can go there and stay one week catch up with friends and go there are a few others that go when they go there they are going to present as well and present some of the finest research but at the back end they are looking for new people to really disciple they are looking for other christians who can help in driving a course at the end of the day this is the reason why we got that certificate how to make it happen using that certificate is what the issue is and that's what cmda does mixing the medical the spiritual and all of those things and our mission statement says to establish a christian witness through medical doctors and students in every community in nigeria and beyond and we're doing that amen and we covet your prayers more than every other thing we covet your prayers more than every other thing we're helping to see that men are produced for the missions agencies we're helping see that churches that need people to drive and lead with medical when they are going for outreaches that they know what to do and it becomes easier to 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 drive them we're doing some other things some of the work we did we had challenges at some point but we came out raising issues we wanted to really support the church during the covid lockdown and all that some of that didn't happen but even though that didn't happen we still produce like over it you know over was it over a thousand five hundred liters of sanitizers there were people that government didn't make provision for orphanages prisons we produced that last year we spread to all those places. We made face masks. We spent over 500,000. Brethren contributed, giving food items to families. We made soaps. We made hand gloves that we distributed. We talked and talked and talked. And there were over 150 days. Last year, for 150 days, we had an online prayer chain that happened that last year. 150 over 150 days um last year we had a free calling program that saved some lives for somebody called one of the days and called in and said he was about to commit suicide somebody in guagualada during that covid time we sent a team they went straight got this man out and um it was such a blessing you know to hear as um a story and these are things that happened recently we opened up what is called the institute for excellence in lead in healthcare and leadership, which is what I'll end with, which we are using to prepare people, people who graduate, and some of these skills. There are number of people that have been, have been faculty members and increasingly volunteer, offering their time. Say, I'm available to take a session for two hours, three hours, to help shape these people, expose them to some things what it means if you want to do private practice what it means if you're leading you know there are lots of people that you might there's a vc on that faculty a vc of one of the schools 
um, there are people like uh, Dr. Prof. Okonkwa that is head of APIN, which is really the largest grantee for the HIV grants in Nigeria. They are believers laboring to see that that happens. And I want to challenge us. You can look at the website and, and whatever, subscribe to be getting information, say I want to know more and all of that. And finally, I would say that we also pay a lot of attention to you and your family. When your child is entering medical school, ask the person, do you know about CMDA? We try to catch them from year one and help you to keep them protected while they're in the university. We have a clear system for that. A curriculum that emphasizes experience, learning from what we study in the scriptures to practicalizing them and then also to excelling academically. One of, and we have some gifts, like I have a gift that I have there for, I have a gift for students who are leaders, like Tochi was one of the winners, who are leaders, who have been leaders in the student level and who get distinctions or become best graduating students. You know, I have a prize for that. And it's, and it's a prize for the whole country. And in stimulating the students, it's not just about the it's, it's small money, but what comes, the grace that follows it is enormous, I believe. And those are, nobody can come and keep an endowment for surgery, for this. The best that you're a Christian and we use amongst those who have been leaders, especially to help explore that so that it catalyzes others. You know, it catalyzes excellence in others. There was a young girl that was spoken about in uh, Epsut the other day, medical school, right? That there was a reign of money. She was the best graduating student. How many people read that story? Good. So she was financial secretary for the chapter there. It's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Two years ago, there was the other one in, Lassu, in um, Legacy University. The student who won everything, and it was all in the newspapers. She was the academic secretary of that school chapter. And this is what we challenge. And it creates the chance that um, the child is likely to come out excelling because it's a focus. If you lose it, you're losing so much and you need to excel in it. And um, I want to encourage, especially... You know, I often have parents, Christians, who tell, when they look at their children, I say, ah, those people, I know them. Forget about them. You know, they are not serious. It's a sad statement because we try to gather everybody, irrespective of their denominations, and that means that there's a chain, right? And it is not just that we expect that they are all perfect. It helps in shaping them. In fact, your child, you that is a spiritual father, and you believe, and some of some young students come and they feel that they are more spiritual than other people in the group. When such statements are made, you actually deny your child of the opportunity to also be a mentor, an example to those other people that have come on that platform, which is one of the reasons. So this child, your child is losing. From those statements, the child thinks he's spiritual. It's later that we find out. And some others who are hungry, like Jesus was speaking about, come and they are listening and they are hearing. And we do our best 
with so many people that we can have in our hands. Let's pray. My main prayer, what I request that you pray about, is just that you ask the Lord that in your own garden, where he has called you, that what we've shared will catalyze your looking deeply about what ministry is. Inside this room, I started at the beginning. Is a, I, I'm excited about coming because our gathering is a time for fire to be lit up. It is a place for equipping. That's why we are here. The work of the ministry is outside. Revival happens when those are Hallelujah. Revival only happens when those who are in church on Sunday live like Christ in the office on Monday. That's when we will say that revival has happened. Ask the Lord. In my own platform, in my own marketplace. (laughs) Oh Lord, give me wisdom. Give me ideas. Give me a vision and help me to expand the frontiers of the gospel. Billy Graham said that some years back. He said that one of the greatest moves, the next moves will happen through believers in their workplaces, in the marketplace. Using what they had, what they got from inside the four walls of the church. And catalyzing discipleship outside on Monday. Ask the Lord for help. Ask the Lord for greater insight. Honestly and sincerely. And secondly, pray for Christian doctors. Pray for Christian doctors. What they do and how they are living their lives, even if all their life they are living it inside the church. What they do. And what they step out to do for application, application is fundamental to the health and the survival of the church. Go and ask the medical missionaries that came to Africa. Christian doctors made it easy for the gospel to be fast forwarded. And we are enjoying them as church coming to church today. And we find it hard to take that forward at a more critical time that is called the ending of times. Pray for them. Pray for us. Pray for me. Just say a word of prayer. And pray for yourself now. You may not be a medical student or a medical doctor, but have you turned your life over to the Lordship of Jesus. You like church, but on Monday, you're not a Christian. You want to change that now. You like church, but in the practice of your profession, you're a different person, and you want that to change. It's submitting to the Lordship of Jesus in everything, at work, at home, at play. You want to 
make that decision now. We are here to pray with you. You don't just want to be religious. You want to follow the Master, Jesus Christ, every day and in everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Our dear Father and our God, we thank you. Thank you because you have decided to give us your word in this fashion today. Lord, help us to see how that we should live our lives as believers in the marketplace at home. Help us to see how to transfer the word you give us on a daily basis and on Sundays and Wednesdays into practical living and witness with power for the Lord Jesus every day in our marketplaces in the name of the Lord Jesus. Forgive us where we have failed you. Forgive us where we have lived divided lives. Forgive us where we have looked upon those things we write, those things we do, those documentations we make as being diverse from our Christian life, not knowing that they have been expressions of spirituality. Father Lord, we receive the correction that you have brought for us this morning. Thank you for your son. We ask that you will grant him increased wisdom, multiplied strength and grace, and that, Lord, he will see the travail of his soul in his family, in his profession, in the ministry you have committed to his charge, in the life you have called him to, and be satisfied because of the effect of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. When the storms are